stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. I will have some discussion with people all across the country the next couple of weeks. And the goal is to have a new party that will represent them. Congratulations. You played yourself. <laughs> that's, that's the new clip, I think. Whenever we talked about Maxime Bernier, Maxime I used to play that. I forget. I've been doing that for a long time. That, by the way, is from a, a jingle uh, from a commercial he ran back in the uh, 2015 election. Uh, but I think there's there's a new one. Whenever we talk about Maxime Bernier now, I'm going to go with this. Congratulations. You played yourself. I really don't understand what it is he's trying to do here. Look, if this is simply about Maxime Bernier standing on principle, saying that uh, I believe certain things, this party doesn't believe those things, I no longer have a place in that party. Well, okay, I mean, that's fine. I guess that's that's defensible. But I think, you know, the, part of the problem here is that you look at the history of Maxime Bernier as a politician, as someone who, before politics, uh, being involved with the Montreal Economic Institute, was fairly outspoken on a lot of these issues, or at least economic issues. Got into politics, became a part of government, became a cabinet minister, uh, had some, some difficulties as a cabinet minister, as you might recall, the whole bit of business with classified documents being left at, at his girlfriend's house. But... After that, he basically settled into his role and went along with the program. So someone who had been a a critic of supply management kind of morphed into a defender of supply management. And then once Stephen Harper decided to pack it in, Bernier went back to being a a critic of supply management. But he went along with those things for what he felt at the time, I guess, was the greater good. So for whatever reason now, he can no longer do that. Why now? It was clear from day one, the leadership race ended, uh, that the conservatives had elected a leader who was very much committed to the policy of supply management. Again, I, I think Max is right about that issue. And I guess he had a choice to make. To make. It was pretty clear where Andrew Scheer stood on this issue, or maybe even where Andrew Scheer stood on some other issues. Maxime Bernier could have walked away. Uh, Maxime Bernier could have just decided, you know what, I'll I'll be a team player, works toward getting a conservative government elected, I'll bide my time, and perhaps at some point in the future, there'll be an opportunity for me to once again run for the leadership. If you are going to burn your bridges this way, uh, how on earth, what, what scenario is there where you could ever be leader of the conservative party ever at any point? So I don't understand this. If he's done with this party, if he wants to to go off and do his own thing, okay, so be it. Maybe in a lot of ways, it's um, a a parallel to uh, the situation with Derek Fildebrandt here in Alberta. You know, Derek's been a big booster of of Maxime Bernier. Maybe he can loan him the, the name of his party. Max is apparently looking to start something at the federal level. Uh, But I I think it is a little different here. And maybe it speaks to some of of the legitimate points about uh, Andrew Scheer's leadership here in Alberta, maybe partly because Derek's had some controversy, but I think more so because conservatives in Alberta are so united behind Jason Kenney. Derek Fildebrand's new party is is not going to threaten the conservative likelihood of victory in the next election at all. 
Not in the least. Federally, it becomes a different kind of question, I think. Uh, Maxime Bernier, as we saw in the leadership race, did have a considerable following in the conservative party. Uh, Maybe there are enough conservatives who are going to follow him that it could at least cause problems for Andrew Scheer. I don't think federally conservatives are as excited about Andrew Scheer as conservatives in Alberta are about Jason Kenney. I, I, I just think there's a difference. Now, that's not to say that the conservatives are prepared to turn on Andrew Scheer because they like Andrew Scheer a lot more than they like Justin Trudeau. And that's a big, big factor. So I, I guess in terms of whether this is going to damage uh, conservative chances in the next election, we'll have to wait and see. And perhaps this will turn out all to be uh, an afterthought and, and we'll have forgotten about Maxime Bernier come next year. He plans to stay on as an MP, he says. He's not going out of politics. And as you heard in that clip, his, his plan now is to start some kind of, of new political party. So what do you make of this? 403-974-8255, 974-TALK. Uh, we'll get into some more of what Bernier had to say, some of what Andrew Scheer had to say. Uh, in short, uh, Andrew Scheer says this is all about Maxime's own personal agenda. He has decided that he is more important than his conservative colleagues and indeed the conservative party. He has traded an opportunity to influence policy in government for his own personal ambition. Well, it's true. And, and, you know, what's confusing here is what is the straw that broke the camel's back here for Maxime? Is it supply management? Again, the, you know, this, this whole timeline doesn't quite give us an explanation because this all comes on the heels uh, of Maxime Bernier's Twitter rants uh, about diversity and immigration and multiculturalism and whatever else falls into that milieu. So is it about that? Is Maxime Bernier starting a new party that's going to be much more hardline when it comes to immigration? Or is Maxime Bernier starting a party that's going to be much more uh, small-c conservative on the economic side? Are you talking about starting a free market party? Is he talking about starting an anti-immigrant party? I, I don't really understand what's motivating him here at this point and, and what it is that was the final straw for him. What does he disagree with his party on when it comes to immigration or diversity or multiculturalism or any of that? At least we can go back and say, okay, Maxime is against supply management. Andrew Scheer is for it. There's an obvious uh, disagreement. Maxime Bernier has some vague thoughts on extreme diversity or too much diversity. The conservatives put out uh, an immigration policy this week. Is there some disagreement on that? And if so, what? Again, it's not clear. I think maybe Maxine was planning to do this. And the tweets about diversity and, and immigration and multiculturalism were about trying to best position himself for that jumping off. That maybe I've got the uh, anti-supply management people behind me. Let's try to whip up uh, some other people into a frenzy. Then we'll jump off and hopefully they'll jump off with me too. We shall see. I mean, clearly is what he said this week did resonate with some conservatives. And maybe there are some who think Andrew Scheer is too squishy on this stuff. uh, And they're going to follow someone who doesn't pull any punches. 
All right. Well, here's Maxime explaining a little bit more about why he's decided to leave the conservatives. I have come to realize over the past year that this party is too intellectually and morally corrupt to be reformed. Well, that's quite a punch, isn't it? So he seems to be implying that he had hoped that uh, things might work out. He's stuck with the party in the hopes that it could be salvaged, but saying it is too intellectually and morally corrupt to be reformed. That's called burning a bridge, isn't it? I suspect that Justin Trudeau and the liberals are, are probably happy with this. You know, clearly they, they had some joy, I think. They, they were certainly playing up the fact that uh, Maxime Bernier was causing controversy. He's a problem for Andrew Scheer. We can paint all conservatives that way. I guess this gives the opportunity for conservatives to distance themselves from Maxime Bernier. But it splits the vote. If, if he's going to create a party, even if it attracts a, you know, a small number of conservatives, that, that could pose some problems when it comes to some of these close ridings. Where we've seen in the past, federally, what can happen when there's a, a split of the conservative vote. So, no doubt if there's going to be infighting on the right side of the spectrum, the liberals stand to benefit from that. And, and you know what? And again, if this is about principle, if this is about standing up for what it is you believe in, then I guess those political considerations take a back seat. If it matters that much to Maxime Bernier that he stand up for these things that are near and dear to his heart, well, best of luck to you. Are conservatives going to see it that way? It would be one thing if Andrew Scheer had been prime minister for the last few years. Uh, and conservatives have grown disappointed with the fact that maybe he hadn't implemented a conservative enough agenda. You know, we saw that in Alberta, where conservatives had been in power for a very long time. And enough small C conservatives said, you know, we're tired of this. We're not getting good conservative government. We saw the, the split. We saw an NDP government. You know, the rest is history. But typically, when you see left-wing governments in power, liberal or in Alberta, NDP, I think for a lot of conservatives, it's a lot easier to gloss over these differences. Let's get the left-wingers out of office, and we'll sort the rest out later. So the circumstances under which this is happening, the backdrop of Justin Trudeau being the prime minister, uh, makes following Maxime, I think, a risky gamble for a lot of conservatives. Anyway, 974-8255-974-TALK. We'll come back, play for you a little bit more of what uh, Andrew Scheer and Maxime Bernier had to say, and we'll hear from you. 974-TALK. We're back with more right after this. Well, judging from the text, there is some support for Maxime Bernier out there. Uh, and so this does potentially cause some problems for Andrew Scheer, I think. Uh, you know, ironically, as I guess maybe some more people this week have found uh, a respect for Maxime Bernier. Personally, I've, I've lost a lot. When, when Maxime Bernier is talking about economic issues, free market conservatism, he sounds like a guy who knows what he's talking about. He sounds like a guy who's got a depth of knowledge. He sounds like a guy who's got some very specific ideas. When it comes to the, all this business about diversity, I think he's just made a fool of himself personally. At least that's how I see it. I mean, clearly some people see it differently. I, I think he might have been a better choice as leader of the conservative party, or at least it seemed that way at the time. I think I'm having some second thoughts on that. Andrew Scheer has, has not impressed me, though. I mean, I, as much as I know that Andrew Scheer stands for 
supply management, I, I don't really have a good understanding of, of who he is beyond that, what he feels passionate about, what his ideas are. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's certainly a lot of weaknesses when it comes to Andrew Scheer. But he's the leader of the conservative party, and I guess conservatives need to, to make up their minds what they plan to do here. Uh, are they going to stick with Andrew Scheer, stick with this uh, conservative party of Canada that is probably the, the best venue by which to defeat the liberals in the next election, or stand on, on principle, whatever that might be to those individuals, uh, and follow Maxime Bernier and whatever this new party is and see how that works out. So we'll get to some of those texts. Let's go to the phones, though. First of all, this is Lori. Lori, welcome to the program. Yes, good morning. I'm a strong conservative, but I, I, I'm I, sorry, but Andrew Scheer does not cut it. And I have to agree with Maxine Bernier uh, because he's, he's telling it like it is. And the majority of Canadians... Although all your polls will say the majority of Canadians believe in all this immigration, we don't. And neither does Maxine Bernier, and I think Scheer should be the same way. He should, should have backed up and, uh, Maxine Bernier, and I think he just shot himself in the foot, and he's going to lose the election because of it. Where, where, where do you see that there's a disagreement between uh, Andrew Scheer and Maxine Bernier? Well, I see the difference because he, Andrew Scheer is not thinking the way Canadian, the majority of Canadians think. Well, how so? You just said that there was a strong... Lori, did we lose you? Okay, not sure what happened to Lori. What is the difference of opinion between Maxime Bernier and Andrew Scheer when it comes to immigration? Where is it that the two do not see eye to eye on this? I, I would love to know. What is it that Maxime Bernier has proposed that Andrew Scheer takes exception to? What is Maxime Bernier's idea, any idea, when it comes to diversity and, and multiculturalism? Again, I, I'd love to hear an answer to that. Uh, this is, uh, is it Jean? Yes. Yeah, Jean, hi, go ahead. I think that... Maxine Bernier is, number one, a poor loser, and I think he's just screwed us into another term of that smarmy little creature that we've got for a liberal. I'm really disappointed in him trying to split the party. You can only win if you stay with the party. Okay. Right. Yeah. And, and that's probably true. I, I get that if for some people, maybe principle matters more than winning. I, I can respect that. I don't know if that's what, what's happening here, though. I don't either. And, yeah. you know, it's it's pretty early to say, but I think people that are getting ready to jump on Maxine Bernier's bandwagon are not stopping and thinking clearly. Not sure where it all ends. Gene, I think you're right about that. Appreciate the phone call. So if you're prepared to follow Max, why? What's the issue? What's the issue that the conservatives aren't addressing that he's going to? And you know, what's interesting when it comes to supply management, which look, even under Stephen Harper, the conservatives supported supply management. So this didn't begin with Andrew Scheer. 
But it seems to me there, there's at least an opportunity. If there's that many conservatives that have come to the realization that this is a really stupid policy. Look, Andrew Scheer doesn't rule the conservatives with an iron fist. Uh, and even there was going to be debate, and I think there still is going to be debate this week uh, at the conservative convention in Halifax, uh, on whether you know, there, there's an opportunity to at least back away from supply management. To agree maybe that, that in the long term it's something that we should try to phase out or that at least in trade talks it's something we could make some concessions on. It would at least be a step in the right direction. And so if people like Maxime Bernier are going to walk away from the party, it makes it less likely that those kinds of policies are going to pass. So again, for conservatives, big C conservatives who don't like supply management, do you walk away from the party and abandon it to people like Andrew Scheer, who have made up their minds on it, or do you stay and do you push for change? You know, grandstanding and, and undermining the leader is probably not the best way to advance policy, but if you can get down into the nitty-gritty of the grassroots uh, and push for these kinds of debates and policy resolutions at conventions, you can maybe make a difference. Now, People can disagree on, on what the ideal strategy is, and I guess Max has, has decided his. But I think if you look at it in a grand scheme of things, what is the most effective strategy to ensuring that the next prime minister of Canada uh, has a different view on supply management? Justin Trudeau is not going to touch it. Andrew Scheer, as of today, isn't going to touch it. Is Maxime Bernier and his new party going to form the government in the next election? 100% no. So where does that leave us? And if it's all about those issues, are you really, truly advancing the cause? 974-8255 is our number. We'll have more time for your calls coming up uh, after 1 o'clock on this. Uh, regarding supply management, and Bernier did talk about it today. Uh, he believes he's the only one in the entire House of Commons who is against a trade war and the only one who was standing up for the Canadian consumer. Put that on the table, abolish it, do like the other countries like uh, uh, New Zealand and Australia that they did it for, for the good of this country. You know, they're putting at risk 20% of our economy for 19,000 producers on their supply management. I cannot believe that. I cannot believe that. And says when the U.S. president makes an issue of this, he's making a valid point. I have my... Um, my own ideas and I'm not working for the U.S. government, you know, what I'm telling you, it's the best idea for this country and the best ideas for this country is to abolish that system. And I'm pleased that uh, the President Trump uh, is asking for that because the Canadian politician, they don't have the courage to do that. Well, that's true. I wouldn't disagree with that. But I do wonder this and maybe there's a conservative voter out there who can give me an answer. Why were conservatives content to, to live with supply management when Stephen Harper was leader? But that why is it now a potential deal breaker with Andrew Scheer? If it's that important an issue, why did conservatives go along with it for so long under Stephen Harper? Even Maxime Bernier bit his tongue uh, and pretended to love supply management while he was in government. Was it simply that it was fun being in government? Or is it something about the two leaders? Or did a lot of conservatives maybe not know about this somehow? I, I don't know what the answer is, but I find it really interesting. That we'll go along with it under Stephen Harper, under Andrew Scheer. Nope, forget it. It's got to go. I can't support this guy. 
Right, 974-8255. A few people answering on the text and on Twitter saying that that NAFTA is what's changed things. Uh, Certainly the U.S. president has uh, tweeted a lot, uh, said a lot about supply management. Uh, Clearly at the NAFTA table there have been other issues. But sure, I mean, if we were willing to make concessions on supply management, that might help move things along. So is that the big change? That the Americans have taken notice of supply management and now's the time to abandon it. Well, maybe. Maybe. Uh, but that implies that, that had the U.S. president not said anything, we'd be okay with this. I mean, supply management is bad policy because it's essentially a tax on Canadians. You know, it's a bizarre 70s kind of uh, government intervention in the economy that that we've abandoned everywhere else except in this industry i mean that's why it should go it's bad policy and it hurts canadians but yeah i I guess people become more aware of it because of of trump and and perhaps that's why there's more of a willingness now from big c conservatives or those inclined to support them to bring it up okay and maybe that's the answer I mean, it was bad policy then, it's bad policy now, but uh, I suppose that that is one difference. All right, let's get back to the phones here, 974-8255. This is Tina. Tina, go ahead. Hi, yeah, I support Bernie 100%. We pay every day when we buy dairy, we pay for the dairy, for the supply management because they get a higher price. Then there's no competition and nobody else can enter the... The, the dairy farming or any other ones because the price is way too high to buy that piece of paper. So uh, I support Bernie 100%. All right. So you'd be inclined to, to vote for him and his new party instead of Absol- the, the conservative? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Interesting, yeah. Tina. Thanks for the she, phone call. Who's that? Yeah, she is not much different from Trudeau. Ouch. All right, Tina, there you go. I mean, in conservative circles, that's about as as bad an insult as there is. And Maxime Bernier said as much today. That Andrew Scheer is no different from Justin Trudeau. That's going to leave a mark. That's not the kind of thing that as a conservative you want anybody saying about you. Is it true? Brian, welcome to the program. Hi, good afternoon, sir. How are you today? Really well, thanks. Hey, two things to say to you, sir. Uh, First of all, my oldest son lives in Ottawa. He knows who Michelle Rempel is. He knows who, uh, knows who Max uh, Bernier is. But he keeps asking me, who the hell is uh, Andrew Shearer? Wow. So I, he needs to get his voice out. Mm-hmm. And secondly, you asked a question about why Harper didn't attack uh, supply management and you wanted a conservative to maybe give you an answer. Or at least why it was okay that he, he didn't. Yeah. yeah, well, at the time, I do believe the Bloc Québécois were his main opposition. And... Uh, he um, maybe he didn't want to uh, stir up another hornet's nest. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. And maybe Stephen Harper had his own reasons for for supporting supply management. I, I think the question I was asking, though, is why other conservatives were OK to go along with that then. But there's kind of a, a rebellion brewing now. Anyway, OK, Brian, appreciate the phone call. And here's the other thing, because. And, and this, I think, maybe speaks to Andrew Shear's weakness is that he hasn't really defined himself. I mean, if you want to insult Andrew Shear and say he's a lot like Justin Trudeau, I mean, there are ways you can make that argument. You could turn that around. How is Andrew Shear different from Stephen Harper? What is it that Andrew Shear disagrees uh, with Stephen Harper on? 
And you can make that argument that they're very similar. And it, it just speaks to, to how he's just kind of uh, remains an open book where you can pick any little thing and say, well, he kind of fits in over here, kind of fits in over there. He, he is vague on a lot of issues. And clearly to some, that's a weakness. Let's see what uh, Sam has to say. Sam, go ahead. Hey, how's it going, Rob? Real good, thanks. Um, sometimes the simplest answers we don't see in front of us. And they could be obvious, but we, we seem to ignore it somehow. You were asking why were the conservatives be were okay with supply management when Stephen Hopper was around, right? Mm-hmm. Well, because they were conservatives. <laughs> they are conservatives. They're not. They're afraid of change. They're cautious about that. Right, and now somehow because Andrew Shear's here, they don't like him because they don't like Justin Trudeau and whatnot, and that because they don't like him now. And you you gave a, gave us the answer earlier because of uh, Trump made it aware for all the Canadians now for all of us that supply management isn't good and isn't that. Now somehow the conservatives are waking up to this and asking for a change, which is weird, really, really weird. But the answer to your question from previously is because they are conservatives. This is why they were quiet this whole time about it. Thank you. Okay. Sam, appreciate the phone call. All right, 974-8255. Let me play for you a little bit more from Andrew Scheer uh, responding to Maxime Bernier. Uh, here's Andrew Scheer. Uh, here's the first one. For the last several days, I have made it clear that Maxime could decide to work with us to help defeat Justin Trudeau or to put himself first. He's made his decision. Maxime has been afforded every opportunity to be a helpful and contributing member of the conservative team. However, since losing the leadership, Maxime has repeatedly demonstrated that he is more interested in advancing his personal profile than advancing conservative principles. He has decided that he is more important than his conservative colleagues and indeed the conservative party. He has traded an opportunity to influence policy in government for his own personal ambition. During his time in the Conservative Caucus, not once did Maxime come to me or any member of our team with ideas about the issues that he's now raising. As Shadow Minister for Innovation, he was given every opportunity to come to the table with his ideas and apply them to policy. He never did. In retrospect, it is clear that Maxime made this decision a long time ago. Under my leadership, Conservatives have consistently and unequivocally stood up for balanced budgets and low taxes, for secure borders and planned and lawful immigration, for a strong Canadian identity and for freer trade. It is unfortunate that Maxime, supposedly a strong proponent of these values, has chosen to abandon our fight to have them represented in government. All right, one more from Andrew Scheer here. I think it's clear over the past few uh, days and weeks that Maxime Bernier has made this choice. He has decided to help Justin Trudeau and abandoned uh, the uh, the best alternative to this Liberal government. Uh, it's becoming more and more clear as he uh, as he uh, uh, you know c- c- communicated and and and. Uh, you know, put statements out that he was doing so on his own and not part of a team that had offered him every opportunity to help implement uh, the very ideas that he claimed uh, to uh, to care about. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's it's obvious that this has been uh, uh, coming for a long time. And in retrospect, he probably made this choice to help Justin Trudeau a long time ago. Okay, so uh, throwing that that insult back at Max, Max says uh, Andrew Shears too much like Justin Trudeau. 
Andrew Scheer says Maxime Bernier has made a decision to help Justin Trudeau. Battle lines are drawn. Uh, we mentioned Jason Kenney, uh, a man who I, I would dare say has some sway over conservatives, a man that, that Canadian conservatives respect. Does his opinion matter in all of this? Well, here's his opinion. He just tweeted a couple of minutes ago. I have known Andrew Scheer for nearly two decades. He is one of the most principled, decent people I know. Today's conservative party is a mainstream democratic coalition that is ready to govern. One man's ego must not risk the imperative of defeating the Trudeau government. So Andrew Scheer has uh, Jason Kenney on his side. Does that impact how you view the uh, Andrew Scheer versus Maxime Bernier situation? Let's get back to the phones here. We've got uh, Joel on the line. Joel, go ahead. Oh, good afternoon, Rob. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Uh, my only comment here is that Sheer does not seem to have the personality, the the royal jelly or whatever it is that really attracts voters to him. Stephen Harper had to work hard. I endured two minorities before we got a majority, uh, whereas Trudeau comes in and first off, the, right off the mark, wins a majority. So I think sometimes there's an element of the personality of that leader that needs to be acknowledged. And um, I'm not saying uh, Andrew Scheer is, is toast, and by no means... Uh, I think he's actually a pretty nice person, as was Stephen Harper. Uh, but, um, you know, you can have great policies and good ideas, but sometimes you really have to have a little more of that um, Hollywood, not Hollywood, <laughs> that's a bad word. but um, Some pizzazz, maybe. Pizzazz and, uh, and uh, just a little more uh, outgoing personality to attract people to you. Um, and it's it's kind of sad, uh, but it's, I think, I mean, Donald Trump won with no political experience, but a huge, like, people know knew who he was and were attracted to his persona. So I, I can't think of anything in the, that Andrew Scheer has done in the past that attracts me to him like that. And I, I get that it's not all about personality. We're talking, you know, the leadership of our country, for heaven's sake. But... Um, I wish Sheer had a little more mojo in that regard. Mm -hmm. And let me just finish by saying I I really think that Maxime Bernier, um, well, he's burned his bridges with the Conservatives, but it was very unkind, too. Uh, he lost fair and square to Sheer in a... In a, in a vote by conservatives, if Maxime Bernier was so unhappy, he should have resigned a long time ago. And now what he's giving the conservatives is a loss. Uh, it's a big loss for the, for the conservatives, and I think that, uh, love them or hate them, uh, we're going to have another term of Trudeau. And I think that's, uh, <laughs> that's my best prediction. All right, Joel, some interesting thoughts. Appreciate the phone call. Um, you know, charisma... It, it shouldn't be the deciding factor in whether you support somebody, but it helps. Because you want people to be excited about you. Hopefully, step one is your ideas. Uh, but yeah, maybe you do need a little pizzazz in politics. I mean, no one would accuse Stephen Harper of oozing pizzazz. But I think the difference with Stephen Harper is that he was, and it was often said in a dismissive way, a policy wonk. 
But that translated into, you know, people having confidence that this guy knew what he was doing, that he knew what he was talking about, that, you know, he could take on any of these issues and speak to them in great detail. Andrew Scheer doesn't have that. So if you're lacking the charisma, but you also seem to be lacking depth, well, what do you bring to the table then? And sure, that's a problem. I like this text. It's uh, some Simpsons references. <laughs> uh Okay, uh, Andrew is Ned Flanders, Maxime is Krusty the Clown, Justin is Disco Stew, Rachel is Mrs. Miss Krabappel. Um, interesting analogy. So any other MP is going to follow Maxime Bernier. I guess that's the, the one thing to watch for in the short term. And maybe that indicates how big a, a problem this is going to be for Andrew Scheer. If MPs start, start following uh, Maxime Bernier en masse, uh, then maybe Andrew Scheer's leadership really is in jeopardy. The caucus stays united, which at least it appears to at this point be, uh, then I think that bodes well for Andrew Scheer. Uh, and some MPs are not mincing words. Todd Doherty was a conservative MP for Caribou Prince George uh, with a series of tweets today. He says, hey, Maxime, remember how I challenged you in an email? Remember how you blamed it all on people around you and how you apologized profusely? How you said you were committed to our team? Wow, you are such a chicken emoji poop emoji. Which I guess we all know what that means. Now, he wasn't done there. For anyone listening to Maxime Bernier blather on, one, he never spoke up in caucus. Two, this was his plan all along. Three, every member has an opportunity to bring ideas. He remained quiet. Another tweet from Todd. Stammer, stammer, stammer. Maxime Bernier, no one asked you to leave and you had every opportunity. Where was this when you were a minister? How come you never asked to be put on the agenda in caucus to have this discussion? Hashtag Twitter tough. Next tweet. A debate on ideas. Laughable. You had every opportunity to help provide policy ideas as a respected caucus member. You've chosen to put the future of Maxime Bernier before the future of Canada. Hashtag loser. And he goes on, but not mincing any words. And if they, look, if that's true, that does not speak well of Maxime Bernier. If he was too afraid to bring any of this uh, up in caucus, you know, those private conversations behind closed doors where, where MPs can have it out, yeah, then maybe he is a coward. If he likes to talk tough on Twitter and then when face-to-face -face with his colleagues runs away from these conversations, yeah, that makes him a bit of a coward, I suppose. Obviously, what he's doing today is is risky. So you can uh, you can weigh that. Let's get back to the phones. Uh, Jeremy, go ahead. Hey, Rob. Um, conservatives dodged a bullet. Can you imagine if they elect that, elected that guy as leader? They would have handed over the election to that moron prime minister we have already. The problem is, Rob, is uh, politics has changed in the last 20 years. Like liberals, they used to be kind of just off to the left from center, but now they're far left. And problem two is we have millennials coming up and they're procreating. And, and a lot of millennials, I would say the majority of them identify with the far left. So the conservatives, they also need to evolve. They need to rethink their thinking because some of them are still far too right for the way our society is nowadays. Yeah. And Maxime Bernier is the classic example of how conservatives need to change. They need to evolve. If they don't evolve, we are going to be stuck with far-left governments for decades. And I think the conservatives should just be glad that man is gone, that man is a horrible human being. 
And I can't believe that he almost won the leadership to begin with. But again, Rob, this is what we have a problem is conservatives need to evolve. All right. There you go, Jeremy. Appreciate the phone call. You know, are we going back to, you know, the 90s here? I mean, how much liberal government can conservatives take? And, and this sort of becomes the, the, the push and pull, right? There were those who, who liked the idea of the Reform Party, who didn't want to compromise on, on what the Reform Party was. Others who said, no, we need to broaden this tent. So let's become the, a different party. Now let's merge with that party. And I think the longer it dragged on of successive liberal governments, maybe the more open conservatives were to making some of those compromises. Are we kind of resetting the clock here where for a lot of conservatives, there's no room for compromise, that they don't want a big tent? I mean, it's ironic that we would see a, a schism happening federally right at the time when here in Alberta, the exact opposite has happened. So. It'll be interesting to see. Let's get back to the phones, though. We got uh, Greg up next. Greg, go ahead. Hi, Rob. How are you? Pretty good, thanks. Good. Uh, just a quick point on supply management. Um, why was it okay when Harper was in and not now? Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, NAFTA wasn't being renegotiated. Um, so that, you know, none of these guys are going to uh, alienate the Quebec vote in an election cycle. So it may change after somebody's voted in, but nobody is going to um, alienate the Quebec vote during an election. That's it. Thank you. Okay, Greg, appreciate the phone call. No, and look, I don't doubt that. I, I don't doubt that there were political considerations. I don't think Stephen Harper is inclined to support supply management in any way, shape, or form. But sure, I think Stephen Harper realized that, that this is a controversial issue in Quebec. And maybe 10 years ago, people outside of Quebec weren't as uh, plugged into this issue, but certainly people in Quebec were. And maybe Stephen Harper realized, look, this would cost us votes if we came out against it. There wouldn't necessarily be a political upside. So let's, let's move on to other issues. But it's also interesting that, that now, I mean, as, as much as Stephen Harper has spoken publicly about a variety of issues, he has not touched this. And, you know, with, with NAFTA at the forefront... Maybe it would be worth Stephen Harper weighing in on the question of supply management, whether he has a different view of it now. If he had won the last election and someone texted earlier to say, how would he be handling this? I don't know. It would be, it's a very interesting thought experiment. On the question of NAFTA and the trade relationship, what would Stephen Harper be doing right now that Justin Trudeau is or isn't doing? Uh, this is Dave. Dave, welcome to the program. Hi there. Thanks for having me on, and uh, I just had a couple comments. Uh, so, basically, you played a clip of Andrew Shear's response to Maxime Bernier's uh, uh, press conference or the fact that he's um, leaving the party. Anyway, uh, if you just replaced the one, his name, Maxime Bernier's name, with the Canadian people, then I think the truth is there. Because I think Maxime Bernier wants the best for Canada. Sure, has just been a lifelong political um, mess, let's say. He's friends with everybody. We know that there are um, problems within the political parties, both. Let's, let's not say that they're only on one side. And uh, he's friends with everybody. And that's the problem. And 
when you're defending someone, you can't be friends, right? I mean, you can't be friends with the person that is attacking. Yeah. What, what's the issue you're referring to, though, where, where you think Maxime Bernier's uh, standing for Canada and, and Andrew Scheer isn't? Are you talking about supply management or are you talking about something else? Well, I'm talking about supply management and the fact that, as your uh, caller before the last caller said, you know, he's, he's looking or staying with the old ways, let's say. He's not, the party isn't um, adapting to millennials and whoever else. The fact of the matter is, is, you know, there's memes and all this talk about millennials. Well, there's a reason that there's this is because they're pretty lazy and they're entitled. And I think Maxime Bernier doesn't agree with that stuff where Sheer is catering to it. And that's, I think, why he was elected. And bottom line is, uh, I, you know, I think that I, I'm torn between voting for you know, Max, or for the new party or this old party, because I do not want Trudeau in there again. I think most uh, of your listeners can agree that he, he's, he's not who we want in there. Uh, we don't believe in the same things. But uh, so I need to do what's best for Canada. And if that's voting for sheer because uh, Maxime Bernier doesn't have a big enough following, then that's what I'll do. But I would prefer Maxime Bernier. I, I, I think that he's in opposition of the last person saying he's a terrible person. I think he's one of the only people that has uh, stood up for what he actually believes in, and it's just not catering. All right. Dave, appreciate the call. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.